What's up, Pels fans? Thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to another pregame special with the Pelican Debrief Podcast. My name is Preston Ellis. Follow me at Preston Ellis, and we've got a great one for you today. We'll be chatting with not one, but two Lakers experts in our upcoming Staples Center skirmish tonight with Lake Show's Life Christian Rivas and LakerPulse.com's Clayton Fawcett. Let's not waste any time. It's time to speak with the enemy. And now we welcome on Clayton Fawcett of LakersPulse.com. You can follow Clayton at Lakers1949 and LakersPulse at LakersPulse. Clayton, did I get it? Yeah, at LakersPulse. Awesome. Easy enough. How you doing tonight, Clayton? I'm doing great. How are you, Preston? I'm so glad you're here. I'm doing well also. Let's get right to it. So I believe it was around March 8th, uh, SB Nation reported that Magic Johnson and Jeannie Buss were not contacted by Lakers management in in lieu of the DeMarcus Cousins trade discussions. And then, uh, of course, Gentry and the Sacramento Kings staff were at All-Star break and things kind of got away from you guys. And now you've all of a sudden appointed Magic Johnson as president of basketball operations and super agent Rob Palenka as his general manager how quickly did all of this happen? How shocking has this been? Also, in addition with the, the Bus family drama trying to overthrow Jeannie Bus as controlling owner, which side are you on? And is your head just spinning from all of this? Man, it, it happened so quickly. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a special ed teacher, and in the middle of uh, my lunch, I get a message from everyone at Lakers Pulse that that magic is now <laughs> he's now the the vice president of operations or whatever president of basketball operations and you know jim buss is out and immediately my first thought was like crap <laughs> not not nece- not necessarily because i was a huge fan of jim buss it was that i was i've been loyal to mitch kupchak for so long you know he's been the he was a gm for what two decades um the hiring of magic was just kind of a lot of people in la just absolutely loved it but you know to be honest still i'm a little nervous of how it's how it's going to turn out i'm worried that they're going to rush for a big star um kind of what we joked at at lakers pulse was one of the last things that mitch and uh or at least mitch reportedly uh turned down was that trade for boogie of of uh Brandon Ingram and possibly other assets for for him and well some people may think that's crazy or turning down you know possibly the best big man in the entire game he's just from watching in in California you know he's just a guy that you never know about um and trading the a guy that I had personally to, uh, the, as the top pick last year I was not going to be fond of that so that was kind of like mitch's like going away gift (laughs) to uh people that were behind the rebuild um when it when it came though to to just bringing in magic and uh, genie taking over and bringing in rob it was just kind of like that typical lakers exceptionalism of you're just kind of they promote from within, you know, Rob Palenka is Kobe's former agent. And, you know, no matter how good it is, it just kind of felt kind of funny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but after, after the Lou Williams trade and uh, bringing in David Nwaba, 
And apparently, even though I'm still not a fa- real big fan of Tyler Ennis, uh, he seems to be turning some heads for some people. I, I'm more cautiously optimistic than I was when it first happened. Okay, cool. There's uh, to to go along with. I was going to ask you more about David Nwaba a bit later, not just because he's a fun new find, but because there's a lot of D League talk in New Orleans uh, now that we've announced our own D League squad 2018. I'll get to that a little bit later, but to keep in that same vein, some of the uncertainty as to the direction of your team this season, even before some of the rumors with Magic being brought on as a consultant, you guys came out hot with Luke Walton. Of course, he had that magical run uh, the year before with the with the Warriors, but he even started out this. This year doing fairly well through November you guys were 10 and 10 and then you plummeted uh inexplicably to 2 and 14 in December what what changed in that time frame and how much do you equate this to to the Lakers brats just discovering oh my gosh we need to get a top three pick this year or not only do we lose our 2017 pick we lose our 2019 pick how much do you think that thought process came into play in December or do you think that evolved once magic came uh, to fruition? Um, I would say the the idea of the tank trying to keep that top three pick was more of February, you know, of maybe even late January of trying to keep that pick coming out. You, you know, you brought up 10 and 10, but they started out seven and five. So at one point there were actually over 500 and, you know, they were, they were, the talk of the town and, <laughs> and just a lot of, a lot of sports talk, radio talk, you know, just how good are they going to be? I mean, just today I saw uh, someone retweeted a kind of as a joke of Colin Cap or uh, uh, Colin Cowherd said, uh, you know, are the Lakers going to make the playoffs? And I don't, I mean, I never really thought that was going to be a real possibility just because the, the team is just so young. If you take away Meta World Peace or Ron Artest, whatever you want to call him, the average age drops a whole year by just taking him away. And uh, I believe like the average age, which would be like 25 or 26. The real issue with that 2 and 14 December was injuries. Um, D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> love him or hate him here in Lakerland. Uh, he was, he started out pretty well, but, and he just was controlling the team. And then when he went down with the knee injury, the team just kind of fell apart. Um, the D the, the defense just cratered. Lou Williams was, was awesome. But at the same time, it was Lou Williams, you know, he's not going to carry it a very many wins unless like you're, you've got a good team around him. Uh, you know, not that he's going to be a superstar or anything, but you know what I'm saying? I just I don't think that was the the whole idea of tanking was going on in their heads back in December. I think just injuries and just just if you look at the strength of schedule at the beginning of the year, the NBA had a schedule where the Lakers were going to have a, a I think the third hardest strength of schedule in the entire NBA, and for a team that has set at the time had seven or eight young guys in the rotation. And then you pile that on with injuries. It was just, of course, it was going to fall apart. Yeah. And now uh, it appears you guys have won four in a row after sitting Zubich, after sitting Mozgov, after sitting Zubots. (laughs) Thank you so much for educating me. Clearly, I haven't had practice pronouncing his name. (laughs) No worries. No worries. (laughs) 
why do you guys keep winning? You guys had big wins against the Spurs, the Grizz, the Wolves, and the King. Is everybody in, in Lakerland just up in arms at this uh, full <laughs> April that you guys have gotten off to? Oh, man. Uh, Lakers Twitter has been a disaster during those games, to be honest. Um, you've got some, like myself, where we just kind of expected the pick to be lost anyways. Um, even though we expected it to be bad, most of us figured that we'd win around 27 to 32 games, give or take. You know, some some were higher, some were lower. But we just kind of always expected that pick to go. Um, when we got into that second place, though, everyone was just like, let's tank, you know. And on honestly, at first, when they first won a couple games in a, you know, a row, it was just like, crap <laughs> you yeah. know I, I wanted that i wanted that pick um not i don't necessarily we're locked into a top uh, bottom three i should say record so there's still a uh a 46.9 percent chance i believe and you know that's close to a, a coin flip you know so i personally i i would love to keep the pick i was fine with losing just to hopefully one more year but man, just online, you know, social media and even even just the peop the general fan walking around here is just like, what are they doing? You know, just people yeah, are healthy. It's two first know? round picks. And uh, according to lotterybucket.com, this is my first time utilizing this website, so I don't know how much credit to give to it. But according to that, if the Suns should get the second place, then the Lakers drop. 10% in their lottery odds of keeping their pick by this late season four game run. So it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be distressing, especially with that 2019 pick in play, but let's get past that. There's nothing you can do. If you should win the pit pick so many opportunities, trades for Paul George taking uh, one of three, you know, a Fultz type or a ball, but let's, let's talk off season talk uh, in the, in the waning or beginning moments of the 2016 free agent uh, spending spree. You guys broke the ice with a <laughs> Timothy Mozgov four-year and $64 million, uh, I, I think an inexplicable number. You know, the market for the big man has been dissipating as of late, and the Pelicans are, are uh, have our own known uh, albatross and Omera Sheik that we can't seem to get rid of. I think we've got him locked in in five years, $58 million, three years, and $33 million left of it. Moskov has, by all accounts, been respectable this year. Do you still want him off the books, and what are the possibilities of that becoming a reality, or do you just ride out the four-year contract? Well, when when that first whole thing came down, I was watching uh, that Adrian Wojnarowski uh, stream, you know, and he was talking about it, and I was just like, okay, I guess a Mozgov as a decent backup is interesting and then I saw the number and I just I flipped out <laughs> and uh, we all at Lakers Pulse we just we went back and forth you know <laughs> like some people were like oh if you if you you know calculated towards the cap and the percentages it's not that bad and some of us were like that was four years guaranteed mm -hmm. it's just um if we go just to his play other than just how insane that contract was to start out the year. He was okay. Um, he started just regressing, looking uh, about as bad as he was last year in Cleveland. Um, it, it really is just kind of disheartening. Like, man, 
we could like there was there was rumors of like a potential uh, by Sean Devaney, I, I believe that's how you say his name from uh, Sporting News had a rumor that the Lakers talked about Nerlens Noel and you know I've been a personal fan of his and I, if anyone from Lakers Pulse listens they're gonna laugh at me later for it <laughs> but um there you know that was a guy that that you could have gone after you know but you're gonna have to pay in restricted free agency but are you gonna want to dump a ton of money now with with Mozgov on the books and with 16 million committed, well, this next, this next summer, it's, it comes down how they structured it. It's like 15 and a half or something like that. They were, I guess, anticipating for a Russell Westbrook. Um, but, you know, trying to dump that, I honestly think it's one of the most immovable contracts in the entire NBA. Um, I've, I would personally be willing to, to attach a couple assets to it to try and move it off the books just because i mean that's four years we're we're already talking about trying to stretch him and you can't there would be it would just be stupid to stretch him right now um with three years left that means that it's a double plus one so seven years after the season of of paying this guy what what would be uh seven million i believe a year after yeah i i've i admittedly have kind of joked in the past about Ashik, you know, of like, man, that's a contract no one wants. And now the Lakers have have just, you know, the Lou same Lou. the same issue. <laughs> With Lou all dang, uh making slightly oh. more than him. Man, it I I I myself during uh <laughs> during the off season, like, yeah, you know what? Fine. These these are gonna be fine. They're they're solid vets. Everything I've ever heard of is that these are two high character guys and they've been great off the bench of of supposedly mentoring the guys zubots uh particularly with uh mozgov dang with uh the young wings and stuff but combined that's you know 30 18 and 16 that's 34 million a year for just two guys that now are they're into the not quite into the bench because oh man you're gonna have to hope to salvage something from them you know yeah now i didn't bring all this up to torture you uh despite maybe popular <laughs> belief at this point uh the reason i'm bringing all this up is because you guys uh have about 82 million dedicated to your books next year i think the cap is somewhere around 110 you you still have the uh the option of re-signing nick young who by all accounts is probably going to opt out although uh i saw online recently that he's undecided but you would think that he's going to opt out you've got jordan clarkson with a uh, 12 million in the uh per year in the next three years the reason I bring all this up is you guys have a couple of off-season options, you know, maybe trading for Paul George, Gordon Hayward sweepstakes, and one team that's been linked to Drew Holiday is the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I'm not sure exactly where you guys would slot him as he's kind of a combo guard, and that's exactly where you have D'Angelo Russell at the moment. Bleacher Report has him ranked as the, the best defending point guard in the NBA, and the Pelicans have have their own conundrum uh, with Drew Holiday, as you guys will soon have with Nick Young. What are your thoughts of Drew Holiday, and do you think the Lakers are potentially a landing spot for him? Says right now, uh, the Lakers cap should be about sixty nine and a half million. I don't think that's counting uh, Tarek Black or Nick Young. Um, like you said, if if Nick Young is going to be back or not, personally, I'm kind of just done with Nick. He had a great year by all accounts. Um, he got labeled as a defender this summer or this uh this beginning of the year 
and it, he fell off a cliff. It was just gone. He would be really, really good with uh, a contender, I believe, just off the bench. Just get him, uh, you know, if you need a, a guy to get a couple quick three-pointers going. Um, specifically, Drew Holiday, how you mentioned, he's a guy that I've I've been personally looking towards. Um, I really like his game. Um, I think the fit with D'Angelo Russell would be pretty good. They're both they're both good size, you know, one two combo guards. Uh, I obviously I believe Drew is the much better defender of the two. But um, are, do you do you know like are there rumors out there that he's rumored to leave? I know that he's connected because of the UCLA connection. Uh, I believe him and his wife are from out here, but. Yeah, they both spend time um, in Los Angeles. The The Pelicans, by all accounts, are going to bring him back, but it's going to be extremely expensive. Right now, we're looking at somewhere around five years, $150 million. And uh, with, with his recent play with DeMarcus Cousins uh, being in the lineup, he's he's increased in turnovers. He, he kind of botched our season away. And DeMarcus Cousins, uh, in all fairness, in an interview after the game said, you know, there were a lot of mistakes made throughout the game. But uh, there were two uh, heartbreaking turnovers in the last two possessions of the game led by Drew Holiday. It's gotten so bad uh, that... Alvin Gentry has moved him away from pointing point guard and has been starting Tim Frazier as the primary ball handler and, and the guy pushing the pace. So he's been playing great defense, but his shooting has slipped. His three-point shooting has slipped. His free-throw shooting has slipped. His turn- turnovers are going up. And it's getting it's getting harder and harder for fans and media likes uh, to to you know come up with the idea of 30 million dollars a year going to Drew Holiday some of the teams that are out there is being interested the New York Knicks the Philadelphia 76ers the Chicago Bulls the Los Angeles Lakers but the Lakers are the one in the best position to pay him because they they have the the salary means already to do so and he's a pretty good fit next to Russell like you said, uh, being the great defender, being a combo guard, being somebody who doesn't need to work with the ball at all times, and you've already got somebody uh, in Russell there who who wants the ball and needs the ball in his hand. So it's it's a pretty good fit. He's got that Los Angeles tie, so it's definitely it's definitely a contender for it. And I was just trying to pick your brain, trying to figure what what the mood is there towards him. You'd have to think Gordon Hayward, if he leaves Utah at all, is probably going to find his way over to Boston. And George yeah. Hill, you you would have to think is gonna is gonna stay pat. Uh, I don't know where he's gonna play, but Drew Holiday is a bit younger. I think he's about four years younger than George Hill. So I don't know. The the fit just just sounds like it would make sense there if the Pelicans don't offer him that max salary. And uh, I wanted to get your idea of seeing Drew Holiday in a Laker uniform. Yeah, I mean personally, I would I would love it. I've loved Drew since he was at UCLA. Um, <clears throat> Another factor other than just basketball is is the uh situation with his wife where she had a was it a brain tumor I believe the brain tumor during uh while she was carrying their child and they weren't able to operate until after so the procedure had to wait until the birth and he ended up missing the first 8 games of the season to be with her yeah. uh, and but then he came back to the team the team played much better but yeah very traumatic and and who knows how that shapes a family but as as far as we know right now they love New Orleans they love the community they give to the community so i think it'll all come down to just whether or not the pelicans are willing to pay him yeah yeah and the reason why i bring that up is just you know it's LA you know some of the the top notch 
medical, you know, services out here. Not to say that, you know, it's not great there in, in New Orleans or, you know, that they can't fly her out or, you know, get her out somewhere else. Um, it's just, I think when it comes to free for free agents, I think it comes down to a lot of different, you know, circumstances and factors. Um, that was, that's always just been a thought of mine for, just, you know, family purposes, but pure basketball, as you said, you know, and as I earlier said, uh, it, it's a good fit. Both, both D'Lo and, uh, Drew, they're, they're able to go off ball. Uh, D'Angelo, a lot of people really want to see what he's capable of doing off ball, kind of like in a, like a, a like kind of like how <laughs> James Harden has gone on. Not that he's going to be James Harden or anything like that, but like how James is able to do some things off screen and while he can handle the ball, you also want to try and run some action off ball for him. One of the biggest issues for LA has been someone to create other than Russell. There's just been games where I'm like screaming at the TV, like someone do something for him, you know, that like, he's the only one that'll move the ball. So the, the fit is just on offense is just really intriguing. You know, another, another ball handler, another guy that can spread the floor, someone to take the pressure off of, you know, 21 year old D'Angelo Russell and 19 year old Brandon Ingram and 22 year old Julius Randall, someone that's kind of more established. Um, now when it comes to contract, I, I don't really want to pay max money to him. Um, and you, the, the, the Pelicans should be able to pay a lot more than the Lakers, you know, with the fifth year option and salary increases and whatnot. Um, but I, I think a lot of people here, what, what the feeling is, is around the team is the target is, as you said, a Paul George. And uh, personally, I would wait for Paul. There was a rumor that he, through his agent or someone, said that he does not want the Lakers to trade his, you know, trade the youth to get him because he wants to come here and be with the youth. So uh, I, I think that's more of the target that everyone has their eyes on. That or there were some ridiculous rumors of Jimmy Butler, but I mean, let's face that that was that was never going to happen, and that really that would probably cost the Lakers way too many assets. And then it would just be a, uh, a Knicks situation with Carmelo when they traded everyone to get, get him. Um, but if, if Drew was willing to come and, you know, we could, they could work something out, maybe possibly dump a danger Mozgov. I don't, I mean, I don't know how they're going to do that personally, but um, if they're going to be able to do something like that, I would, I'd love to see Drew in LA. All right, just to just to credit my own mistake, Lauren Holiday is actually from Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. However, she went to UCLA at the same time that Drew Holiday did, and presumably that's where they met, fell in love, got married, and all that jazz, and lived happily ever after. Yep. Moving right along, we we've gotten some off season questions out of the way. Let's talk about the game, as painful as it may be for the both of us. Yeah, we're, we're both playing our uh, <laughs> our third and fourth best players. Before we get to that, uh, D'Angelo Russell's not playing tonight due to some kind of family reason. Do you have any information about that? Yeah, um, is being recorded on a, a separate day, obviously. But his he's right now in Louisville. His his grandmother passed away. Um, so the night, the night that he hit the game winning shot against the Sacramento Kings, uh, apparently he was 
he was debating on going back to take care of that whole situation, but uh, family talked him into playing. And I mean, just you know, thoughts and prayers go out to to him and his family as they suffer the loss of his uh, his grandmother. So we've got Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson, Tyler Ennis. Is that presumably going to be your starting five tonight? That that looks like what it's probably going to be, unless there's just some surprise. So coming off the bench for you guys, Thomas Robinson, uh, Corey Brewer, Meta World Peace, uh, Black. Is 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 this going to be your bench unit, this this nine-man rotation? Do you have anybody you can call up from the D-League? Should we expect a David Nawaba sighting? Um, the Wabas, Nawaba is very interesting. He's, depending on the D-League, how that all goes with the playoffs, he had something that it was going to be like seven games and seven nights, so... Uh, a couple nights ago, Luke rested him and didn't let him play because obviously you don't want you don't want him getting hurt, um, no matter what you think of his future. Um, Go ahead if, and talk about Nawaba for us a little bit because I guarantee you, probably ninety five percent of Pelicans fans have never heard his name before. Yeah, David Nawaba was an undrafted free agent coming out of. Uh, oh man, it's, it's some it's, it's some school in uh, in Los Angeles. I yeah I I had it just a second ago and it just left me. Um, oh, I'm pretty oh. sure it's Santa Monica. I'm gonna bring it's, it up. It's uh, Cal Poly. He went to oh, Cal Poly. Um, he's 24 years old. He's six four two and nine, but six four with like a reported six eleven wingspan, some nonsense like that. He's so he's incredibly long. Um, he's his offense really just centers around the rim if. Like he's like a, a a four or five and a two man body. He's hyper athletic. He's they're working on trying to get him to uh, develop some ball handling skills. He did that his uh, senior year at Cal Poly. Um, really, what could come down to him having a, a decently long career would be him stretching it out to that corner three. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's just going to be very important. But from what I've seen, he's just he might already be the best defender on the Lakers which I mean it's not really saying much but at the same time he's a really good defender he's locked up some guards in his short time it's just like like how is this guy that was just in the d-league defending you know all-star players and like handling his own it was just incredible yeah, a lot of energy from him, and he'll be facing off against the uh, the uh, immortal Quinn Cook and Jordan Crawford and Shaq Diallo. What are what are you expecting out of this matchup? We will have Drew Holiday in place. We will have Solomon Hill in place. So you'll see some of the uh, the old Pelican guard with Dante Cunningham out there. What are you expecting from a Laker team that's that's won four in a row and is uh, uh, seemingly blazing hot right now? Yeah, I mean, I just with the names that you threw out there, it's I think it's winnable for really either team. Um, on, honestly, just I think it's probably going to be an ugly game. <laughs> Sad to say, uh, you know, just going to be a lot of a lot of really young, really raw players. Um, one guy that I actually, or two guys, I should say that you brought up that I'm I'm interested to see is a. Uh, how do you say Diallo's first name? Check. 
Check. Okay. Yeah. I've I mean, always yeah. been calling him like Chief or something like that. Yeah. He yeah. was he was a guy that I really liked uh coming into the draft last year and just those long arms and you know possibility play small ball five. He was a guy that I was really interested in. I I'm gonna enjoy watching him. The last time I think the Pelicans play, I don't think he I I don't even know if he was on the NBA roster at the time. No, he's um, bounced uh, back and forth from uh, three different D League affiliates. So I, I'd love to pick your your brain. You guys currently your your D League squad is in the playoffs against the Rio Grande Rapids. Is that right? The Rio Grande Valley Vipers, Vipers I believe. Vipers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So with with a newly announced D League squad that. that that New Orleans is now ha- having acquired, you know, running new coaches through there, new players from there. How instrumental has it been having that squad, having having uh, some place for Dave, David Nwaba to to learn his skills, to become a better defender, better shooter? How much is that going to help a young player like Czech Diallo in New Orleans? Oh man, it's being able. Well, now with the the new CBA, how it's going to have those two way contracts too. Um, the D league is just going to be vitally important to some of these players that are young and raw. Um, Nawaba, no one knew of him. He had to, I believe he had to try out to be on the, on the defenders. Um, like that's, that's how little known he was coming out. He's, he was one of, he, he had something like a plus 17 rating when he was with the defenders. So like off the court, they were a complete negative with him on the floor. He was just, the defenders, you know, they were one of the best in the D League. Um, one thing I, I I hope that the Pelicans do, and something that I've always wanted the Lakers to do, is kind of what Houston has done with that Grand Valley Rapid or uh, Valley Vipers uh, squad. Is they have like every possible bit player on there. You know, a, a guy that has has some real potential to go somewhere. They've had a, quite a few guys called up from that squad and with with being in LA and everything you you would hope that they would take advantage of it and they sadly other than developing some of their own prospects which has been awesome um they've kind of just let it go to waste in, in my personal opinion you know they've they've been able to get a few guys off of there but nothing where you would like write home about but uh with with uh oh my word I'm going to Butcher's name again. Uh, Sheik? Check Diallo. Check Diallo. Oh, my word. I did it again. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, what did I call him? Zubich earlier? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, depending on who they get in there as coaches, I think you could do wonders with, with him because he's only, what, 19? So, you know, he's got a long way to go. But he's he's going to be really interesting. And another guy that if you guys keep around next year, Quinn Cook, I've personally liked him just because of his shooting ability that he's shown down in the D League. If you can, you know, have some of these guys fine tune their skills and uh, just become those role players that that a team like, you know, especially the Pelicans are going to need with they've got two superstars right there uh, and Anthony Davis and. DeMarcus Cousins, you're going to have to surround them with shooting and uh, defense. And it's just, I, 
I, I think that you'll see some, some pretty good benefits from that pretty quickly if, if everything turns the right way. Yeah, Quinn Cook had a pretty impressive game against the Warriors uh, the other night. He scored 21 points on 12 shots. Really impressive. He's been all yeah. over the D-League. This is his uh, his second 10-day contract before we just offered him this two-year extension. Uh, he was with the, the Dallas Mavericks for a 10-day contract. Um, so I was surprised they let him go, to be honest, with how successful they've been with with some of their guys. So I think I personally think that you guys got a, a – a decent potential role player with a quick or a cook. I'm sorry. Um, Just like I said, the shooting that he brings, you know, or at least in theory uh, is just, it's going to be something that will be really good for those two big men. Okay. Sorry about that delay. Yeah. Quinn cook is going to be getting a lot of minutes uh, probably tomorrow night, as well as some of our, this is pretty much a, a trial point in the season for us. We've got Donatas Montiunas getting some minutes. Alexis Aginsa is going to get some minutes conceivably in an attempt to trade him. The better he plays, the more likelihood we can yeah. offload the last uh, yeah. three years and 15 million from his contract. We'll see a good bit of Tim Frazier and Drew Holiday. Just, just a lot of experimentation on on our half. Alvin Gentry just trying to find out who's going to be a part of this team going forward because we don't have a lot of flexibility in free agency, especially if we bring Drew Holiday back. We've got the mid-level exception, the biannual, the trade exception. Not a lot that we can do. So just getting back into this Lakers matchup for a second, I know that you guys are doing a lot of the same thing. Talk to me a little bit about your foundation, your foundation, foundation. That's funny. Talk a little bit about Brandon Ingram. Like you said, he was uh, freely offered in exchange for DeMarcus Cousins and the Lakers said no. How much have you seen from him and Julius Randle? And and what do you expect going forward, uh, disregarding whatever pick or free agent you might pick up this summer? How much has he grown as a player and how much has Julius Randle grown this season? Um, let me, let me start with, with Randall. Uh, he's the guy that Lakers Twitter is just so there. She's so, they're so split on him. They don't know if he's going to be a good player. They don't know if he's going to be a bad player. It's just up in the air. The real question is, is, is he going to give a hundred, 110% to give that old cliche is, is he going to give that all the time? Um, cause on offense, he's been one of the, most improved players. There was an article out. I believe he was the uh, fourth or the sixth most improved player in the NBA this year from an efficiency standpoint, but his defense has just been atrocious Um, on man. It's, it's considerably better, but he just, he's only 22. This is technically his third year, but with his first year, he only played, I believe 14 minutes, his first game before the ugly leg break. So he's, if you want to think of it, he's been there kind of like two and a half years because of with the coaching, but he's still a, just a really raw guy. And personally, I, I think he's, he's shown a lot of improvement, like I said, on the offensive end, but the defense is, it's going to be crucial to him becoming, you know, or potentially touching the ceiling that so many of his fans believe that he has um, just a lot of the mental things. He's just going to have to realize that, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to give, give an effort, you know, <laughs> every time down the, down the court, you know, whether it's on offense or defense. So um, personally, even though he does have his flaws, I'm still a pretty big fan of his. Um, but Brandon Ingram specifically, he's, he's the guy that, 
I wanted in the 2016 draft. I know a lot of Lakers fans because of the D'Angelo Russell connection wanted uh, Ben Simmons, but he's he's a guy who's going to be a uh, three four. Um, he's he's now believed to be about six ten, six eleven, continuing to grow uh, with a seven three wingspan. Um, he started the season off incredibly, incredibly rough shooting below 30% and 20%. It was, it was rough going into the year. A lot of people, for some reason, didn't expect that. Um, I followed him at Duke. So I kind of knew it was going to be a process. I didn't think it was going to be as long of a process, but, um, the last, oh, 10 or 15 games, I would say he's really turned it on and started to look like that guy. You know, a lot of us saw at Duke, he's, he's, he's trying to score instead of just being passive and, you know, deferring to everyone else. And with him trying to score on his own, he's the man, uh, a Laker film room, one of, uh, one of the best in the business. He broke it down the other day and the difference is just staggering. He's, he's a guy who I think could be a, uh, a, to a, like your second best player on a championship team, you know, that's a long ways away. He's still only 19. He's not going to turn 20 until a couple weeks, I believe before the start of next season, but the sky's the limit for him. His defensive potential is really good. He's, he's sound mechanics on a lot of different areas. It's just mainly with him. It's going to be about strengthening out that frame he came in, I believe, at like 190, and he was 6'9 or 6'10. And you, you, you know, even though even though in college he played a lot of four, so he was able to hold his own a little bit, he wasn't playing against men, you know, in the NBA. So he was pushed around quite a bit, um, not necessarily just thrown around the court, but just shoved off of his spots, you know, so – being able to get in his, his triple threat position and trying to attack, it was, it was an issue, but just because he was so weak. But like I said, the last 10 or 15 games, it looks like he's just gotten stronger and his mentality has changed. And a lot of us are even more excited than we were, you know, when we drafted him. Last question, Clayton. Give me a prediction for tomorrow night's, or I should say tonight's game. We're recording this the night before. Oh man. <laughs> let's go let's go 95-90 Pelicans. I think just the the experience of uh Drew Holiday just sends it over the edge unless unless just something crazy happens with some of the young guys who have been playing real well. I just think the experience of of a Drew Holiday and also, is is Etwan Moore going to play? I know I saw he was probable or questionable. He had a, a coach's decision, did not play. I think he rolled his ankle a few days ago. So they're pretty much uh, sitting down anybody who is a risk of injury at this point. So I would not anticipate him being in the lineup. All right. That kind of changes it, I think, a little bit for me. Um, you know what? Let, let's go 92-80 Lakers just because I think – more would have provided some good defense on on guys like Jordan Clarkson and and apparently the the now good Tyler Ennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put up twenty and seven. I think the other night uh, played pretty respectably. 
All right, awesome stuff. Again, you guys, that was Clayton Fawcett. You can follow him at Lakers1949 and follow his people at Lakers Pulse or check out their work at LakersPulse.com. Now, don't go anywhere. This is a two-parter. Like I said, we've got Christian Rivas of The Lake Show Life coming up. Some great questions for him. It's a really fun interview. I've been Preston Ellis. You're listening to the Pelican Debrief podcast. Follow us at Preston Ellis and at Pelican Debrief and do us a favor. Go over and hit subscribe. Go to iTunes. Give us a great rating. You're already here. Why not take another moment of your time to give us a big assist? Thanks for listening, and let's go, pals. (laughs) 